1: And here we are again with another cigar review and another review of some TV show, movie, or whatever the fuck we're talking about this week. But first off, what are we smoking this week, Brad?
0: Ah, uh, this week we have something new from Kristoff. This is the Signature Series, and specifically we are smoking the JT. I think there's the GG, the GC, the JT. Yeah, I think GC was the first one that came out of couple years
1: ago. This is their uh, their new signature series uh, JT uh, named after sales manager Jared Trudeau and originally was planned to release this with a series of events with JT in attendance but COVID shut all that shit down so it finally just got sent out to retailers. <laughs> and it's an Ecuadorian Havana Vuleta Albejo wrapper. That's a Big word to say, with Sumatra binder and fillers from Mexico and the Dominican Republic. And only comes in a Toro size, which is six by twenty-five by fifty-four.
0: Yeah, it's got the little pigtail on the foot. That's kind of
1: how you know you're dealing with a Kristoff cigars. Always a little got
0: pigtail. That, absolutely. And, and this is kind of a uh, beaver tail on the uh, the other end. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's got a little leftover on the end, and that little. Top knot uh that's
1: <laughs> they put on most of the Kristoff cigars and this one's uh, a little box press as well which i do like some box press a good like oh no mouth feel like that. yeah flat edges kind of especially in a smaller cigar and a bigger cigar kind of can kind of be a little
0: awkward at times but this one has i a don't good, know uh, so far i'm i'm digging this one feels man. good It's got some earthiness, some creaminess, um, (coughs) some smokiness. smokiness.
1: (laughs) Uh, Got some pepper. uh, But, uh, you know, good mouthfeel.
0: Not uh, too... uh, I'd definitely say this is a medium cigar. Yeah, it's
1: like this. It's not... Not super strong, but it's it's yeah, you like say you got the creaminess. It seems like a good evening end of the day smoke where I'm you know, kinda get that powerhouse during the day. At the end I want to just something a little little smoother as
0: I as I end Your, my your, night. your nightcap, if you will. Oh. So Yeah, I mean dude, I I haven't smoked a lot of Kristoff stuff. Um Yeah, I like the um I sm- Smoked a lot of the, uh,
1: the San Andreas and the, I think the Maduro always good, full bodied cigars without being like strong cigars. Like th- there's not really a Kristoff That's a powerhouse. Uh, yeah. even the pissed off Christophe. I expected that one to be super strong and it was not on for me anyway, because we smoke strong shit all the time. So it might've been strong to a, a normal smoker. Uh, but it wasn't that... Power- but there's, they're never short of flavor, even though they may be a little bit uh, lighter on the strength category and more of that true medium smoking. But,
0: yeah, never had a bad Kristoff. <laughs> no, like you said, they, they typically are, are flavor bombs of cigars, and, you know, I oftentimes enjoy that. Yeah, they've never really made it into my everyday smoke
1: category, but they're... When I have one, it's all—it's always been an in- enjoyable experience. But I—I I don't know. I guess it takes a certain cigar to uh, to hook me and get onto that uh, everyday smoker uh, <laughs> level. But I've never been disappointed with a uh, Christoph. Absolutely not.
0: So, what are we talking about this week? Because I remember when we talked about trailers for this. <laughs> it's like,
1: well. We watched, we reviewed a movie what back first of the summer, uh, called Army of the Dead, which was looked to be a really great zombie movie. And then we watched it, and we're like, man, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It's they're trying to make a heist movie, they're also trying to make a zombie movie, and they're doing neither very well. But like, out of all the characters, we're like, the only person we give a shit about is. The safecracker Dieter, we're like, Dieter should get his own movie because that's the only well-written character in this whole fucking film, and I guess like the the internet uh, gods like listened to the outcry of like Dieter needs a movie. Well, Dieter got a movie, and Netflix released Army of Thieves, so we're gonna watch Army of Thieves and see if it's any better than Army of the Dead. <laughs> But if you gotta put together a high screw, you should call in the strike force, StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerd for 20% off your order. They'll deliver it anywhere. You don't have to break into a safe to get it, they'll ship it right to your house. As long as you're not living inside a safe. And then, yeah, that might be difficult. But otherwise, very convenient. And with that, on with the show.
0: Ready, set, and crack! Ludwig Dieter, cracker extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, you winner. winners! We've been watching you. I belong to a crew that executes international bank heists, and we want to recruit you. I'm you. I am no criminal. The world's distracted. Hello! This window of opportunity isn't just our only chance, it's yours. My own chance. What? A life less ordinary. I'd like you to meet the team. Karina. Our master hacker. Rolf. Our getaway driver. And last but not least, our very own real-life action hero. Mr. Brad Cage.
1: Hey, <laughs> <And> welcome back. <laughs> Uh, the things that happen before record gets pushed around here. <laughs> Our as record is being pushed. Yeah, one of these days when we have a video equipment and go, like, live and shit. Uh, the stuff that... <laughs> That's <laughs> we, amazing.
0: These people get anything accomplished. We
1: won't have these little between segments, uh, burp fests.
0: Anyway, Army of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie film or heist movie? This one was just a heist movie. <laughs> Kind of a zombie nightmares, so. though. Like, you know, some zombie references. And what we didn't
1: know when the first movie came out was Dieter, uh, whose real name is Matthias Schwarzenhofer, uh, is actually a big actor-director in Germany. <laughs> Apparently he's a big deal in other countries. So when we were like, man, Dieter needs his own f- movie. Not only did Dieter get his own movie... He directed it and, like, I think co-wrote it with uh, Zack Snyder, who wrote the original uh, Army of uh, the Dead.
0: Yeah, I do have to say, this was a uh, much more enjoyable film than the first one.
1: Yeah, I mean, because I was like, "Eh, do I want to watch this because the first one was so disappointing that... I was surprised. And it
0: was like, Zack Snyder should just not make movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my take anytime. I'm like, he has a big name, but for me, it's name recognition for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I mean,
1: after I got done watching this, I went back and rewatched army of the dead because i was like man maybe i was too harsh the first time i watched this and like i'm just remembering it differently because i like this movie and i went back and rewatched the, f- the first one i'm like no no i was right this still sucks <laughs> and just horribly written that and on the second watching i noticed it, it dumb gun stuff always annoys me in movies and i noticed like some even like more horrendous stuff the second time i watched it like there's one part like Girls shooting. The slide is completely forward on the gun. She pulls the trigger one more time. It goes click, and then the slide locks back.
0: That's not how guns work. (laughs) Bro. You expect real gun, you know, action. Look at the Alec Baldwin incident, okay? That's how you get Alec Baldwin. Baldwin, because they try to do something realistic, and they do it overly realistic. Can we find a happy Because medium? they, forget about gun safety.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that, just And I've seen uh, whatever uh, Dave Bautista and other things and he's a decent actor in other things, but this one he had, like, no range. He's, like, just talking like this through the whole movie. He's like, I am just a piece of cardboard
0: because this is what Zack snyder envisioned
1: (laughs) yeah i'm like if if i had not seen him and other things i'm like this dude can't act he's like worse than like some of these like fan films with the people like you know that have no but then again i
0: think that's the difference between a good director and a bad director (laughs) you know somebody that gives hey maximize your talents you know you know what you're good at. Focus on those things. You give them the freedom to do those. Whereas... With like a James Gunn or
1: some of these other directors that he's worked for. and Not a Zack Snyder that's kind of this generation's Michael Bay. Doesn't matter if it... As long as something blows up, it's cool. <laughs> I'm good with explosions. But like I said, the other thing we said when we reviewed the first movie is like... I would rather see the fall of Vegas that they show in like the credit sequence as its own movie than the shit we got. And it seems like with the popularity of this second chapter, they're going back and doing that, but they're going to do it as an animated feature with the same original actors doing the voices, but they're going to do like the animated version of the fall of Vegas. In fact, there's no, it's supposed to come out sometime next year. There's no hard release date yet. But the title is, Army of the Dead, Lost Vegas. (laughs) I'm always down with a good pun.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's
1: like a dad joke. You get the funnier dad jokes and puns become. (laughs) Is that because your brain
0: cells die with age? Yes. Okay. That's
1: exactly it. The more gray in my beard, the get the more simpler entertainment gets. But I still can't get TikTok.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that dumb yet. I don't understand the clocks. That's <laughs> why so Rachel send me a link, and I'm like, why are you sending me shit for clocks? She's like, it's a video. Just watch it. No, nope, not doing it. Yes, same thing. I refuse. <laughs> Amanda, like the kid, got Amanda hooked on fucking TikTok, and she keeps
1: sending me videos, and I just, I do not open them. Did you watch that thing in Central? I'm like, no. You sent me a TikTok. I'm not 12. I'm not watching that. Because <laughs> I've yet to see one that entertains me. Maybe when I get seen on the old folks' home, I'll go back and watch some of these. and be like, oh, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> it's not good. But my old feeble mind will think it is.
0: Nah. You'll so, know better.
1: I'll start a TikTok channel and just do dad jokes on it. <laughs> That's when you know the system has fallen apart, is when you're kinda like Facebook got lame when your grandparents started getting Facebook pages. Once uh once we started getting TikToks, that's gonna be the, the death knoll for the platform. <laughs> like, oh the fucking old people are on this now. We gotta stop using it. <laughs>
0: Quick, everybody go to OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I'm starting my OnlyFans site. <laughs> I'm just gonna smoke cigars naked. <laughs> God <laughs> On that note, I'm out.
0: Finish this episode.
1: Speaking <laughs> of nightmares. <laughs> so yeah, that's the only... This is kind of a prequel to Army of the Dead, where it's the story of Dieter and how he became the... great uh, safe cracker that he, he is. And uh, so it takes place at the same time as the fall of Vegas is happening. So where we don't get any real zombie action... Anytime they're like in a restaurant or a bar, TV's on. There's little news clips of what the fuck is happening in Vegas, and then Dieter keeps having these nightmares about getting eaten by zombies, which are kind of more prophecy than uh, the nightmare because we know how what eventually happens to him. <laughs> what happens to him? He gets eaten by zombies. Well, that's the thing, too. When I rewatch the second one, Dieter's sacrifice because he sacrifices himself and locks uh his friend in the safe to save them from the zombies. But then once he gets out of the safe, he was already bitten. So it's like Dieter's sacrifice like literally meant nothing. I mean, this is like just horribly written. So if you're going to watch any of these movies, just watch this one and ignore the don't even bother to watch the the source material. This, this is
0: going to be like, you know, Star Wars. So start with The third movie, then watch the first movie, then go to the second movie, then go to the fourth movie, and just skip that other movie altogether.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. You know, watch Lost Vegas when it comes out. Maybe it won't suck, but don't watch Army of the Dead. (laughs) Cigar Nurse Podcast: We rewatch things so you don't have to. (laughs) Thanks, Killing. Yeah, we need to watch that. (laughs) I kind of see how bad that is now that I've. Uh saw that uh kill count on that. Oh. And it's like so rare that we like 176 episodes, we rarely shit on anything. We we can usually find the good in something. But Army of the Dead is just bad. <laughs> First fifteen minutes, like the the clips of the fall of Vegas, awesome. The rest of the movie?
0: Shite. <laughs> The package is compromised. <laughs> what? Move away from the package. Uh-huh. So Dieter, who is not
1: Dieter at this point, uh, his name is we you know find him as Sebastian Schint Waterharten, another name I can't pronounce, who is kind of a loser. <laughs> he works a mundane mind numbing bank teller job and at night he dreams of youtube stardom by doing videos on safe
0: cracking on youtubes so who has like one subscriber <laughs> which i don't believe for a moment i mean bro look at the hydraulic press channel yeah like that dude, millions like... of subscribers and literally you're just watching random objects get put under compression <laughs> Uh, but then again, like, safe cracking, I would feel like... Like, I, I don't know. I don't buy the whole put your ear up to the safe, like... No, I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that. I mean, there's people that can do that sort of thing, so it's
1: not sci-fi. I mean, <laughs> there, there are people in this world that can crack a safe that way. But yeah, his way of just like, you know, I'm one with the safe, let me... You know, you see people with, like, you know, earphones and, you know, trying to use technology, and he's just like, no, I, I feel it, and I <coughs> channel Hans Wagner. I, I, I caress you. I... <laughs> Which, the, kind of the base of this movie, if you remember from Army of the Dead, the safe that they're trying to rob in Vegas is supposedly some legendary safe built by this legendary locksmith Hans Wagner who and this we get a lot more backstory to his legend where apparently he created four like legendary like works of art safes that uh, each one harder to crack and then to the, the next but he built a fifth safe that basically once he was done building his final masterpieces he had lost his family, so he sealed himself into the last safe and no one could open it, so it kinda of became his tomb and they dropped it into the ocean. But then the no one knows where these like four legendary safes ended up until now. So a And it just took the fall of Vegas to discover that. <laughs> well, apparently like I said, the the safe in the there was three safes that they knew, and then the fourth one that they no one knew where it was at, and then that ends up being the safe in uh Army of the dead, which going back to and watching that after watching this, like the design work on the three safes he cast a crack in this one, very artistic where when you see the supposedly like fourth ultimate safe. And Army of the Dead, it just looks like a normal bank safe. It doesn't look anything special. <laughs> it's like he got bored on the fourth one and so I'm just going to do just a regular old safe. I'm not going to do all this, like, intricate artwork and engraving and, and shit that I did on all these other ones.
0: I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool in this film, like, as he was going through, the, like, seeing the internal mechanisms and, you know, stuff, like... It was kind of steampunky. I was like, it's... It's sort of like Gears, but you know, different, like that aspect was kind of cool. (laughs) Even though it was the same recycled shots, but still. (laughs) Yeah, and I like he gets in
1: his like one YouTube uh, subscriber sends him a he gets like a mysterious message like go to this address at this time and he shows up not knowing what the fuck's going on and it's like, is this Fight Club? Because I wasn't supposed to talk about Fight Club but apparently it's Safe Cracking (laughs) Club. And there's, like, an underground competition of of safe crackers, that he, like, randomly finds himself entering and then, like, (laughs) destroying. The way he's, like, uh, I don't know what's going on while everyone else is, like, you know, working hard and finally, like, oh, I got two minutes left. Hold on, let me crack the safe real quick. (laughs) Or the last one where he gets to, like, the final round. And
0: And he waits, like, you know, until he's got
1: 30 seconds left. And it's, like... Yeah, he gets cocky by the end. He's, like, the other guy's just, like, working hard. And he's coming over there going... How are you doing? Is it, is it hard? Uh, are you having problems? <laughs> and it's like talking and the other guy's like, shut the fuck up, man. I'm having to work. And finally, he's like, and finally at the end, he just walks over pop, 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 you know, easy peasy. <laughs> that like that segment was kind of cool. But then again, it's like this guy that all his knowledge is theoretical. He's studied stuff, but yeah, he's never really actually applied it, had to crack <laughs> a safe. But apparently, his uh, performance was so good he gets recruited by a gang of thieves that need a uh, need a safe cracker. That can be confused with the Sea of Thieves, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the group of thieves is Gwendolyn, uh played by Nathalie Nath- Emmanuel, which you may know from the last couple of uh, Fast and the Furious movies. She's the English hacker chick uh in in the new Fast and the Furious movies uh and the their hacker uh Corina Dominguez uh, played by Ruby O'Fee who apparently is a singer that I've not heard of and their uh their weapons muscle guy <laughs> Alex Borschini who uh is obsessed with American action movies and stalks with a fake American accent and goes by Brad Cage the perfect combination of Brad Pitt and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> but I can say Brad Cage is a cool action movie uh, character name.
0: A lot better than that Johnny Cage guy.
1: <laughs> played by Stuart Martin and Rolf, who is the... Because you always got to have a getaway driver. Uh, played by Goose Khan. So, yeah, they basically have found three of these legendary Hans Wagner safes and they plan to rob all three of them back to back and almost they don't even care about like how much money they get they only like take like what they can carry but it's like just it almost reminds me like social media people where it's like we're just kind of doing this so we can become legends (laughs) whether we make a whole bunch of money off of this or not we just we don't care we want to like get some money and just Which like, is kind of
0: weird to me. Be legendary. You want to go through all the risk and everything else like yeah, notoriety like, doesn't mean anything in the grand yeah. scheme of things like. Because yeah, these things are like full. I'm gonna of, need money to buy lawyers and shit because <laughs> if I'm that well known like fuckers are looking for me.
1: <laughs> yeah because each one of these things are like literally filled with like pallets of like money and jewels and they just kind of take like A couple duffel bags, whatever we can (laughs) we can carry out, and uh, not like all the money. It's like, all right, yeah, we're cool and all, but we're not gonna have much. Yeah, like I said, we're not gonna be able to afford lawyers or getaway vehicles (laughs) because we didn't take that much money. It's just a weird
0: premise to me.
1: It's like they have tons of planning of how to get into the safes, but not like how to get the money out of the safes once they get in there. And I do like kind of the joke on like the first heist was like, he's like, how are we going to do this? Is, is it going to be, you know, it's not going to be that easy. She's like, nah, it's going to be like this. It's like, oh, what, are we about to have one of those like montages of how like the plan goes perfectly and then as soon as we try it it just goes to shit. and, and Which kind of happened in Army of the Dead. They did that whole awesome like this is how it's going to work and did like the mock raiding of Vegas and it, they all looked badass and everything went off without a hitch. And then the actual heist just kind of immediately goes to shit. Whereas this one, they go through the walkthrough of everything being perfect. And at the end of it, he's like, see, it's not going to be that easy. Like, what are you talking about? We already did it. And it's like, Oh shit. Like it actually worked. (laughs) It's like the, the, uh, whatever montage of them explaining the heist was the actual heist. And it really did go that smoothly for once in a, one of these movies for once
0: kind of, not really though <laughs> I don't know, like I mean I, I in a way like I like the film from the regard that they did make the movie about him, but at the same time, like the rest of it I felt like it already you know was just a repeat of what we saw with uh the other movie. Like, and that's my problem, is they're both similar, that this one doesn't do enough job to, like, stand out on its own.
1: Yeah, where the other one, like, said, they didn't know if they were doing a zombie movie or a heist movie, so they didn't do either one very well. Where this, we're just making a heist movie, which, not an original idea, and it's probably not on the level of, like.
0: It's not Ocean's Eleven. Yes, that's what I was about to say. It's. It's good. R twelve, R thirteen, R fourteen, R fifteen, or sixteen. Whatever the fuck we're up to now. Yeah. So, I've seen better heist movies,
1: but this still isn't bad. I mean, it, it's worth watching.
0: No, I will say that I. If you're like, we're watching this, or we're watching, I'm taking this over the first movie all day every day. <laughs> yes. Like, no context. Listen,
1: Do we think this movie is good just because? the other movie was so bad or does this movie actually stand on its own as a decent film
0: Hmm. I don't know I mean I I only saw the other film once I mean I did
1: it doesn't get any better the second time around let me tell you I <laughs> tried and I'm like oh no this
0: this is still bad Um, in fact I think it got worse the second time I watched it I mean, I didn't fall asleep or anything through it, so I, I so I, I would say, as a Netflix movie or whatever, uh, it, it stands on its own. You know? I Yes, there's better movies out there, but... You know, I didn't turn it off. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is dog shit. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know... And I kind of understand, too, like, the... <clears throat> The motivation of it,
1: too, it's like, especially for him, who's, like, an uber fan of Hans Wagner, uh and who's, like, I guess a relative of, like, the composer uh Wagner, so, like, all his safes are named after parts of, like, a Wagner, or Von, Von Wagner, whatever, one of his plays, and it's like, you think you're this badass safecracker, here's your chance to prove it. The, like these are uncracked safes. No one's ever been able to uh, boost them. Like, here's your chance to uh, to prove yourself. And then she's almost like a kind of grew up on the on the streets uh, in a like orphanage and was just like kind of just wants attention. She's like, I just want to be. I'm not doing it for the money because at first he's like, we didn't make that much money off this heist, and she's like. It's all about the challenge of like being the first to pull this off. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, we're trying to get the high score on GTA. We don't care about the money. We're we're uh, trying to uh doing it for the thrill of it.
0: Just for the love of the game. And honestly that's how I felt about this. I was like I was thinking back to I think it was Grand Theft Auto five where you had to plan out the highs, choose your drivers and everything else. Of course, you know, the better people you chose, you know, the more of a cut you were gonna have to give, but they didn't even do that with this film, like it was we're gonna go through all this, you know hassle and risk and not even maximize the reward. The fuck? We're just gonna go have a party back at the safe house afterward and
1: you know uh, Karina tries to make out with uh, Dieter and he's like, no thank you, I'm in in love with the queen (laughs) I mean, I thought Karina was pretty hot. I mean, he should have just took the took the easy road on that one. <laughs> then again, nerd girls are
0: are hot. It's your weakness. We we all know.
1: Nerd girls and goth chicks. <laughs> what about nerdy gothic chicks? Oh, that's like, you know, the top of the chain. <laughs>
0: It's the upper echelon.
1: Yeah, it's like you know, Sage from Smosh. <laughs> oh. So then yeah, they head off to Prague to snag the second safe. And... But you
0: didn't even get enough money to go to Prague.
1: <laughs> yeah. We didn't steal enough money to pay for the gas to get there. But then they have uh, start getting chased by Interpol agent Delacroix who apparently the crew on a previous heist uh shot him in the ass <laughs> cuz old Brad Gage is a little bit of a hothead. So it's like, yeah, like I don't let him like I took the bullets out of his gun. He doesn't even know it's low. <laughs> he he's wave, waving that Desert uh, Eagle 50 cal around, but she's like, yeah, I I, I don't want him shooting anybody else. So I took the took the freaking firing pin out of his gun. <laughs>
0: That's how you not end up like a situation Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh.
1: So yeah, they end up getting to Prague and uh, the cracking of the safe, second safe is taking a little bit too long, so Brad goes in and tries to uh, pretend to rob the bank to distract people while they're actually robbing the bank. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is the one that kind of confused me. I'm just like, what the fuck?
1: Okay, so you're going to go in and cause an actual robbery to distract everyone while you're breaking into the safe. Your plans are starting to go a little wonky.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like... Yeah, the planning is what I had the biggest issue with. Like when he was doing the actual cracking, like it was cool. But the lead up to it, I'm just like, you're all dog shit. But then again, what do I know? You know? <laughs> How many heists have we pulled off? Well, we don't talk about that, but. Yeah. The great cigar caper of, you know, 1999. <laughs> Uh, somebody's gonna hear that and be like, "Cigar Caper, 1999." Those fuckers are in on it. We know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we we accidentally
0: confessed to a, a
1: a real crime somewhere, like someone robbed Fuente's villa in '99. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't me. I haven't even smoked cigars yet. I don't think.
0: <laughs> Maybe. That sounds like somebody that would have smoked those cigars would say. Oh God. <laughs> Fucking Interpol shows up at the house. Just shoot me in the ass, not the kneecap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and of course, like Brad, uh, as Brad's do, get
0: more and more unstable. <laughs> Am I that unstable? I I feel like I'm a pretty grounded person.
1: That's what your other personality said.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get confused, <laughs> you know we're, we're we're still trying to decide you know the the balance here uh but apparently the the plan all along
1: was to uh ditch uh and that's the thing too they start that, that's when they have the, like uh, him and Gwen start kinda getting closer, and she tells him her backstory uh, uh growing up in an orphanage, and that's why she hangs out with uh because he was like her only friend and uh you know, Dieter tells about like kind of growing up with like you know, tech you know, safes and trying to crack stuff was like his only hobby and didn't have a whole lot of friends. But then he's like starts talking about like writing this comic book about a like a super safe cracker or something. And like the the fake name he had given himself was was Dieter uh, Dieter uh, or Ludwig uh, Dieter. Uh, was was the fake name he had, he had come up with, so by the time we met Dieter, uh, he was no longer Sebastian. <laughs> but the whole plan along was they were going to ditch them, but then she started to kind of care about him and whatnot. And Brad starts getting a little jealous, so he decides to ditch Dieter early and kicks him out of the back of the van after the second heist with, without even waiting for him to finish the third heist, which pisses off the the Ladies and they uh, abandon ship themselves and leave them with the uh, Brad and Rolf with the money and decide that they can they don't need them they can steal the final safe on
0: his on his own <laughs> see that to me like isn't that just loose ends like if you're in on something like wouldn't the goal to be not to make each other feel as fucked over as possible like yeah
1: cuz <laughs> it's going to come around and bite you in the ass <laughs> oh but i like how scared, like just the, the weird like twick like you know, stuff eater does where it's like yes i am very good safe cracker and then like he walks back to his house after he he gets away from the cops and like walks in the house and like Gwen and Karina are like just sitting there on his couch watching him and they're like, does he know we're sitting here? It's like no, just he's like, all right, now it's it's taking him a really long time to notice this. Now it's getting awkward. Should we just like sneak back out and then go knock on the door? <laughs> then he finally like notices him. It scares the shit out of him. He's like, yeah, you look all manly and whatnot. <laughs> You just pissed yourself because there was a couple girls in your apartment. I mean, this is how pornos start. <laughs> no, nah,
0: nobody was delivering pizzas. <laughs> Did you order a pizza with extra sausage? <laughs> you want that stuffed crust? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm done for the day, sir. That's that's it.
1: <laughs> well, so uh Gwyn, Dieter, and create head off to Austria to to steal the most uh, impressive of all three of the safes. And this is where it kind of felt like a Ocean's Eleven, where it's like, you know the cops get there to stop the heist and uh, they're like, Oh yeah, we're cause these people like with all these safes going missing, they're getting to like ready to move their safe to a safe location. <laughs> and they're like, they show you, we're here to uh, inspect the transfer. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like y'all already showed up like an hour ago and transferred the safe. And they're like, what? <laughs> and of course, you know, they showed up and faked being the armored truck company and took off in the
0: Oh, our bad. It's just a logistics issue. Like, nah, <laughs> yeah. uh, bro, that's gotta be real hard to walk back. Like, what was that? Like, seventeen million dollars that safe was valued at, or something? Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, they just like stole the whole fucking safe and is trying to to hack it on the on the road, which adds like you know an extra level of difficulty. But now they got, you know, Brad and Rolf decide like, well, we can just wait for them to steal the safe and then we'll steal the safe from them. So they're chasing them. And then unfortunately Corinna gets pinched by Interpol at the site and gives up where they're headed because he's like, you know, your brother or something or whatever will will come down on him. You, they got some kind of leverage on her. But she does manage to like send out a text that just says, run, but ultimately she gives them a head start but then also gives up where they're where they're headed. Snitches get stitches. Yep. <laughs> and Brad and Rolf catch up uh whilst they uh once they get stopped and have cracked the safe, <laughs> and Brad's like got his fancy fifty cow, and is like, "I'm gonna kill your boyfriend." Click, and like Dieter pisses himself, and he's like, "You know, racks the slide." Click again. Oh, I've done the tap rack. It's still not firing. And she's like, and then she's like, he's like, "I took your firing pin out, dumbass," and like pulled, But this gun works, and Dieter's like, "Really? You could you could have told me the gun didn't work, so I wouldn't have shit myself." She's like, "I did tell you." I I. But he's like. No, no, I don't think you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he just, like, straight shits his pants. And they're like, yo. They handcuff Brad, and Rolf is like, uh... I know I chose Brad earlier, but is it too late for me to switch sides again? And they're like, yes. And, like, lock him up and leave both of them to get caught by Interpol. And their plan is to sail off on a boat with fresh identities... Even though, like, you know that Gwen was planning to betray Dieter. But then she has a change of heart. Because when Delacroix catches up with him, she's like, I will surrender myself if you let him go. Like, here's some of the money. They've already put some of the money in the ship. Just let him go. Like, we kind of duped him into all this stuff. He's not part of the original crew. Like... I'll let you arrest me if you just forget you ever uh, saw him. See, I don't think it works that way either. <laughs> no. <laughs> like... Yeah, you just shot them both and <laughs> been the hero. I recovered all the money. Uh, but then Dieter doesn't want to go. He's like, no, I love you. She's like, get in the fucking boat. We'll like Someday I'll get out of jail and we'll find that fourth safe and crack it together. And that's when it kind of got a little bit of the feels because he jumps in the boat and takes off and then once he kind of gets out in the middle of the water where he doesn't know where the fuck he's going, he like opens up the bags and finds the passports of their new identities and there was one for Gwen, one for Karina but then she actually got him a passport and she gave him his fake name of Ludwig Dieter as his new identity and she's like, like oh, she did actually love me because she was not planning to ditch me as soon as the we got done with the last heist. I have an identity now. <laughs>
0: I belong.
1: Well, and her, like, you know, her kind of end game was always like, he said, like, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to go to Vegas when all this is over. So he comes to America and goes to, I think it's like California is where he sets up his his uh, locksmithing business, uh, which you see in the beginning of Army of Dead when they go to recruit a, a safe cracker and we get a little bit kind of longer cut of that sequence from Army of the Dead uh in this where they present him with the the final Wagner safe to to crack. But yeah, that was the I'm like, oh damn, this movie actually has a little bit of heart cuz like now he's like realized like, oh, she did actually care about me. You know, she had planned to run away with me instead of just
0: shooting me in the back of the head and dropping me in the <laughs> in the lake here. Or at least gave the perception anyway. Oh, yeah. He got his own fake passport. <laughs> and kinda got
1: to do what he wanted to do. He didn't didn't uh go back to being a lame uh bank teller. He went on to start his own uh
0: locksmithing business. <laughs> and what getting paid to break into things. Had those skills to begin with, why would you not already be in that business? <laughs> yeah, do they not have uh, locksmiths in Germany?
1: Because if you're that good at cracking the safes, you know, You, ha- if you're that good at cracking the safes, you have two, like, career options. Either you can become a criminal, or you can still break into safes, but people pay you to break into safes. I forgot my combination. Please help me break into the safe. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's like use, you know how many criminals get to use their criminal skills for every
0: Microsoft employee ever?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It seems like every hacker that gets caught, you know, ends up working for the the government uh, (laughs) at some point of like, Hey, you broke into our shit. Now come work for us and show us how to defend our shit against, uh, (laughs) against other people. Or there was that show. I forgot what it was for a while where they had a former burglar break into people's houses to show them how weak they're, security was and the people got to watch on like hidden cameras as this dude like just robs the shit out of their house and then after where they give them back all their stuff and then make improvements to their security setup and make them you know a little more secure but that was always an interesting yeah thing had, like the the former burglars you know, actually go in and, like show how easy it is to steal people's shit
0: <laughs> I forgot what the name of that was but yeah that was a good show I don't know. I always think it's kinda of interesting too, like the ones where like they'll have like professional pit pockets and you know, stuff like that that'd be like Here's how secure your valuables are. I have everything. The fuck we had a thirty second conversation. Yeah, those the freaking pickpocket videos are insane, how like how I mean you,
1: you think you would feel someone sticking their hand in your pocket and taking your wallet and it's like
0: Oh, Are yeah. that or
1: like you're talking and they've got your watch off like. Yeah, it's like the the stuff they do. and there was another show like that where it was a professional con man and they were had him film filming him going out and actually performing cons and scamming people and shit and showing how easy it is to like people don't really pay attention enough to like you know or don't ask enough questions and you're like damn these you know dude like just straight scamming people. <laughs> It was like it was kind of like life hacks, but illegal. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting seeing like you know the, the people in the reformed end coming back, like, "Hey, here's the shit that I do to people, so it doesn't happen to you." It's like it, that's some of that stuff's like just kind of interesting
0: to to watch how easy it is to
1: get steal people and scam. to buy
0: into shit, or just you know how yeah. oblivious folks are. Where's my wallet? Damn it, Joe. <laughs> Oh, Trying to do a podcast. Is this your
1: watch? <laughs> it's like, if, if you're a good pickpocket, you either become a thief or you become a magician. <laughs> That's pretty much all magic is, is pickpocketing for entertainment. <laughs> Sleight of hand and whatnot. We still need to go down to that Eddie's trick shop. And
0: <laughs> I went to uh, the one out in Kennesaw. It wasn't what I thought it would be. I didn't know there was one out there. I've only saw the one that's down there next to
1: Netherworld, and I've only been down there at night when Netherworld's open, so I've never been there when it's actually open.
0: Yeah, I thought it would be a lot more tricks, but it was more... And maybe it was just how this location was set up, but, you know, like, I was anticipating, like, lots of options of different card decks or, you know, magic gimmicks, but, you know, there was very little of that. There was a lot of, like, the just gag stuff, like fake vomit, exploding bubble gum, you know, that type of thing. The kid shit. <laughs> you know, a a makeup counter, and we were down there during Halloween, so there was a section for Halloween costumes, and the back of the store was stripperware. Mm. So if you, nice. you know, need some shoes for the shoe show, or, you know, some... Some garments, uh, you know, that's, that's the place to go, sir.
1: All right, stuff so for my OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm going to smoke this cigar while wearing stripper heels. <laughs> uh.
0: And for this week's pairing, this cigar is the length of my heel. <laughs> And now I attempt to stand, and I broke my neck.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so do you have any like? I mean, we still have some time to fill here. Standout moments that actually makes this like worth watching. Like I said it's compared to other heist movies, maybe not the greatest heist movie, but it at least kind of. I mean, like one I said, genre. the standout
0: moments for me were really like. When he was in the middle of the cracking, and it, you know, showed the internal workings of the safes and stuff. Yeah, and I don't like, know I if thought,
1: actual safes looked like that or not,
0: but yeah. yeah the, the in- I mean, the, the visual of that The was showing cool. Them, yeah, I've not seen something where
1: they show, like, the inner workings like that. It Like I said, it may be completely fake, but it looked realistic enough that it was like, oh, man, this, like, kind of gave you a sense of, like, how hard what he he's doing is is. like yeah you know, magic looks easy until you actually try to do magic, <laughs> where this is like oh shit, uh, I can kind of understand why this is uh this is difficult, but then also he has the only zombie elements we get are like like we said yeah, just like the, the nightmares the nightmares and like some of the like the t- the news coverage you see here and there there 's like one is like <laughs> they're like they're in like some kind of uh <laughs> Studio is like, we're going to our man on the street, Mike, in, uh, in Vegas, see what's going on. And as soon as, like, the reporter's like, hi, Gene, and then, like, a fucking zombie just, like, takes him out. <laughs> like, uh we're having some technical difficulty. We're not sure what ha- is happening there on scene. <laughs> but yeah, then he keeps having these, like, nightmares about zombies. And the zombies in the nightmare sequences looked better than the zombies we got in the actual Army of the Dead movie. <laughs> I was like, is this a different effects company? Because these zombies actually look pretty cool (laughs) and, like, actual scary and shit. Which, you know, I think even Karina says, maybe they're not nightmares, maybe they're uh, prophecies, because, you know, we know what actually happens to Dieter eventually in Vegas, uh, which, now he doesn't even get to meet up with uh, Gwen someday when she gets out of prison.
0: He got eight. Pour a little bit out for our, our dead homie. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, when that first movie came out, we're like, all the characters so blandly written that, like, the only person we cared about dying was Dieter. Because he was such entertaining to watch. And I gotta say, they did a good job with this one,
0: of even fleshing him out even more. And and I mean, I like the fact that they went into a backstory, they, you know, on the hit, did a great build-up, you know. Even
1: this new team of people, we got a little more fleshed out characters and backstories on them as well. So it was like, Oh, this feels like someone actually wrote a movie and not a action sequence. <laughs> Further evidence that Zack Snyder should not make movies. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he just shouldn't direct movies. Cause I think he co-wrote this, but Dieter uh, uh, directed it. And it's like, you know, even though I have no idea who this guy is, he's apparently like a big dude in uh, in Germany. Like, dude did a fairly good job. I mean, he could probably direct actual big Hollywood movies.
0: No, I thought as far as the uh, direct like, this is a lot more coherent. Yes. than you know. <laughs> Like and that for me goes a long way. Like, like if I'm I'm sitting there being distracted by what the fuck are, are they trying to achieve here? <laughs> There's not unnecessary side plots like there was in <laughs> the other
1: movie. Here's three slide, side plots that were not really going to pay off, and
0: they're pretty much no reason to do any of this. <laughs> But this was kind of weird, too, because I expected, like, bigger action sequences. And, I mean, even though there were, like, some car chases or foot chases here and there, like, there really isn't... The heists themselves, other than
1: him doing the breaking, were not Ocean's Eleven elaborate, you know? (laughs) There wasn't, like, a whole sequence of events going around these these heists. (laughs) But compared to, like, I don't know, the heist genre, I mean, what's, I don't know, is Ocean's Eleven your uh, go-to heist movie, or uh, what else do we got in that, uh, the th- the thieving genre that uh,
0: comes to am- mind? Because, I mean, Ocean, well... I mean, the only other, like, Den of Thieves, you know, man, that one comes to mind,
1: but... And a couple of the Fast and the Furious movies kind of... I can't remember if it was the 5th one or the 4th one or the 23rd one did kind of an Ocean's Eleven heist film, but it's like, now it's like every heist film I see, it's like oh, this is their version of Ocean's Eleven. Like, the the complicated
0: heist seems like to all go off that template. I don't know, <laughs> template. The, the, the only other ones I can really Masterminds and King of Thieves are really the only other two that because yeah, any other like robbery movie
1: is usually more like a gangster film where it's like, it's the, you know, they're robbing banks. They're not like trying to sneak in and crack a safe it, or, you know, most of these heist movies are, are basically action movies. They're not about like the, uh, getting in somewhere undetected. It's like, you know, heat, or <laughs> where we're just gonna go in and sh- or fucking uh, uh, Point Break where it's like we're just gonna go in and wave a bunch of guns around and and rob rob motherfuckers, and have cool shootouts with like the cops and stuff. It's like there's very little of, at least off the top of my head of these, other than like the four or five Ocean Elevens that are like.
0: heist. I, I mean, apparently there's a lot out there. I just haven't seen them. Like twenty one. Uh, Takers, Taker's <laughs> Tower Heist Hurricane Heist
1: Hurricane Heist so that one's on Netflix I kinda wanna see that one it's from the trailer they go in to try to rob a a bank or an armored car during a hurricane <laughs> and the trailer played Rock You Like a Hurricane so it's like it looks silly but it had a really cool uh <laughs>
0: Dude a soundtrack goes a long yes. way.
1: Or what was that Christian not Christian Bale? Uh Christian Slater movie where they were trying to rob a armored truck during a, a flood and like the dam breaks and floods the whole town. <laughs> Remember that movie? Oh
0: Hard rain? Yes,
1: that's it. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of good like you know, our money train. Remember money train with uh, with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, and uh, oh, fuck a uh, Blade, <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> so yeah, there is there's a lot of good heist
0: movies. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's just been so long since I've seen any of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I mean, because if you're at the cigar shop, like, what's on? Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's like,
1: I can't think of... There was that girl version of Ocean's Eleven. It was like Ocean's Ten or whatever. Ocean's Eight or whatever. Yeah, Ocean's Eight that came out not too uh, long ago, which I didn't see in the theaters, but I've caught most of it at the cigar shop, and it, it looks pretty cool. But yeah, it's like the high genre has kind of gone on hiatus. We haven't had a good one in... We've had a lot of cheesy, like, direct-to-video type, like, frickin' Hurricane Heist, but... Uh, or was that that fucking rock movie with a... It was like Die Hard, but uh, in a hotel. I was like, that was a heist movie, too. Hell, oh, fucking Die Hard. I mean, that's a heist movie, really. <laughs> and a Christmas movie. It's the time of the year. It's never Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off of Nakatomi Towers. Then it's officially Christmas again. That's very true. So, what are you thinking here of the JT
0: Signature Series? It is a good cigar. Uh, You know, earthy, creamy. It's got a little bit, a little peppery. A lot more creamy than the last cigar, though.
1: Yeah, like I said, this is a good, like, end-of-the-day, coming-down cigar. I mean, and this movie got a 71% on, uh... Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is way higher than Army
0: of Thieves got. (laughs) I mean, the reviews are still pretty mixed, but, you know, I mean... Like, this is one of those where it's like... It was an alright movie, but I could see critics be groundbreaking! Best movie ever! Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I wouldn't go to that extreme. But it seems like I agree with the critics. Like, it's... It's got its good points and the rest of it's just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're filling for content. Uh, so uh, supposedly, like
1: I said, there, we're getting further movies in this uh, uh, genre, I guess uh, we got the, like I said, the animated uh, prequel army of the dead, lost Vegas uh, announced uh, that Will be coming out early next year. But then also in August of this year, they've uh, I, I guess announced that there's going to be a a sequel, uh, which they're saying it's kind of like The Italian Job in a world where zombies exist uh, and causing instability in the financial market. So they're having to move. People are moving money around as you know, zombies are taking over cities and. Yeah. Then now they're going to do more heists. Is it worth seeing another? Like I said, I'm really interested in seeing that. I'll have to see the animated. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, interested in that. But uh, and they're also talking about doing a kind of a sequel to this, where it goes a little bit more into Dieter's uh, background, showing how he learned to be a safe cracker, and. and you know, there's, I don't know what kind of the time jump it is from, from the end of when this movie. I was movie. just
0: a wee little lad.
1: Well, then you know, I don't know how much time is there between when this movie ends and army of dead begins. Cause you see him owning this, you know, whatever, a uh, locksmithing company, like there might be a couple years of him doing some more heists that they could, you know, you know, jump in where he's like, you know, you know, joining another heist squad before starting his legitimate business in, in California. Well, if the
0: apocalypse hasn't gone outside of Las Vegas, it makes me think that the time frame can't be that far. Like... Yeah, because everything like, that that yeah. or it's a non-issue because somehow they managed to contain the outbreak to Las Vegas. Well, they did
1: in Army of Dead. Like they had that wall around Vegas, and they're planning to nuke the place. So there's like a time jump of a certain amount of time from that outbreak to that's happening coherent with this movie to like the second robbery of Vegas. So I mean, there's might be some time for him to go on some other adventures before he meets his end, or like. Army of the Dead ended with uh, the one guy making it to like Mexico City and being affected on the plane. So we could get like an international outbreak. So if they do a sequel to Army of the Dead where it's another zombie movie in like Mexico I don't know if I want to see that if Zack Snyder is directing. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to Mexico to pull off a heist. (laughs) I mean if Dieter directs another movie in this franchise I'm much more likely to see his movie than I am to see a Zack Snyder sequel to Army of the Dead
0: (laughs) I mean what does it look like without Dieter you know I mean because he was the one to get you in this like what you're just going to rig a bunch of C4 and you know try to (laughs) blow the locks like or do we get like a more
1: traditional zombie survival movie and you know they do away with the heist genre and like a sequel to Army of the Dead it's just a straight up zombie movie at that point
0: Fuck, we should have got more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, I, if they do a
1: sequel to Army of the Dead, I don't know if it's worth watching. But if uh, Schwarzenhofer here directs another, some kind of sequel, uh, and it we is, get more no. detail, I would probably World watch... World of the Dead. Yeah, I would probably watch uh, that. Or they go, uh, they go uh, onto boats, and it becomes Navy of the Dead. I mean, we got Army of the Dead. Now we need Marines of the Dead, Navy of the Dead... Air Force of the Dead.
0: <laughs> I mean, every, every dog needs its day. Or are we to go more local, Sheriff's Department of the Dead. <laughs> uh, that would just be like The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Alright, it'd be like that one movie that we wanted to see and we forgot about and then we saw it at the cigar shop for a few minutes and i forgot what the name of it is oh dude. the one
1: with bill murray and yeah uh, the dude from uh the new star wars movies yeah that's a fucking weird ass movie i mean they bring aliens and shit into it at one point i'm like i don't know what the fuck's going on oh <laughs> let's throw in a heist <laughs> uh yeah so that's about all all we can say about this one here pick you up one of these uh jt cigars it's a uh, not a bad smoke. Like I said, not kind of strong as what I normally smoke, but it's a good end-of-the-evening, second cigar-I'm-winding-down uh, type smoke. And with that, we'll be right back. I've
0: been in the right place, but it must have been
1: wrong. some shit what are we learning well we got a bunch of creepy uh skynet stories but before that remember the movie armageddon i don't want to miss a thing <laughs> don't want to miss
0: that oh, god Just, well, don't do it aerosmith uh, is back on tour. Uh, <laughs> all
1: right cool well actually uh yeah, if you remember the plot of that movie, there was an asteroid coming to Earth and they sent some oil drillers up there to drill a hole and blow it out. Well, NASA is, uh, is kind of preparing for uh, its first ever planetary defense mission, uh, which, don't worry, we're not actually in danger yet. Uh, no, no asteroids are headed this way, but... Uh, huh, that we've discovered yet. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, right now it's like, you know, the, the best, uh, basically is early detection. Cause are any plans they have is like things that take a, a, a long time to accomplish. So the, the farther out, they can discover some kind of planetary ending asteroid, the better. But right now they're kind of testing, uh, some ways to, uh, hopefully defense against asteroids if uh, one does head our way. So they've launched, uh, a probe, that they are going to crash into an asteroid to see if they can change its direct trajectory and
0: it's coming toward earth
1: now Crap. yeah <laughs> it's like it wasn't headed this way but we bumped it and now it is <laughs> right now they're they're looking at a double asteroid uh called Di- didymos and dimorphos where dimorphos is circling the larger asteroid. Uh, so they have launched this spacecraft they're calling DART, uh, which stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, uh, which launched uh, on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. Uh, so this is going to fly to the asteroids, and kinetic the kinetic impactor uh, is going to fly into... The smaller asteroid, at which is 520 feet size, at around 15,000 miles per hour. Hopefully, transferring enough kinetic energy into the smaller asteroid to push it closer to the other asteroid and change its current directory to see if there's something that we might be able to use.
0: I mean, the problem uh, is actual is threat. The composition of asteroids, like some are ice some are iron like I, I would think that the density of whatever material you're trying to smash into like it's going to play a big role in whether yeah, you are yeah the shit
1: works on one it may not <laughs> work on uh, on a different one and it's going to be a while before we're able to find out if uh this actually works cuz it's going to take about a year for the satellite to probe to reach its target uh, but in fact, every two years, the space agent teams up with other agencies around the world for kind of a tabletop exercise to save the planet from a hypothetical incoming asteroid. And unfortunately, the exercises have had mixed results. In 2019, the asteroid was successively diverted from Denver, but then hit New York, uh, in the simulation. And in May of this year, the exercise failed to prevent a large trunk of Europe from getting blown up. So, so far, uh you know, yeah it was uh, basically uh the one that they blew up europe the i guess the scenario was they didn't discover this asteroid until 6 months out from impact so they realized uh 6 months is not a lot of time so they've so now they've said we need to know at least 5 years uh notice to deflect an asteroid with current uh technology so they're uh basically delving much more into asteroid tracking and discovering cuz the sooner we know something's coming, the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is... And we're only testing what we have discovered. Like, there's a lot of objects out there that... Well, look at, like, you know,
1: how long it takes to launch a space mission. Like, we... You know, we're like, oh, yeah, we're sending a rocket up. We're planning to launch this sometime in the next two years. It's not like something that we can, like, turn and burn and like, we need to launch tomorrow. It's, it's at least the way it seems space fight takes a long time to plan. (laughs) I don't know if we have like, you know, quick, uh, reaction forces as far as the space force goes nowadays, but from the looks of it, you got to plan these space missions a long way out. So it's like, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, we don't get surprised. (laughs) And speaking of surprising new holographic camera can see around corners or inside your skull. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, a team at Northwestern's McCormick School of Engineering has basically uh, built a camera that uses infrared light that can bounce off of objects and take pictures from, basically, by shooting a laser around a corner and detecting objects. Like it's basically a my visual... Brain a visual sonar. You know, if you you ever watch Daredevil or or some of those other movies where he has that like sonar imaging, it's basically a camera that can do sonar imaging through solid objects or I said around corners. You know, you, this is not going to be the next in the like, you know, GoPro 10 or what uh whatever version we're up to now. It's still very much in the uh in the prototype stages, but it's uh and you know uses visible and infrared light and it's kind of dependent on powerful sensors to detect the basically it launches a a beam and kind of detects how fast it returns like it's very much like a like i said visual sonar that's rather interesting so yeah if you need to uh yeah people who are worried about big brother spying on you yeah this might be able to take a picture of the inside of your house without actually being in the inside of your house. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Or like, like some of the sci-fi shit now where it's like basically having like a FaceTime conversation, but the person you're talking to, you know, the screen recreates a holographic image of what the, uh, the camera is seeing on the other end. That'd be kind of cool too. I mean, you you just like physically appear in a space and not actually be there. Yeah, might make Zoom meetings more interesting. But then you'd probably have to put pants on if they could actually like beam you into an office somewhere.
0: (laughs) I wasn't ready yet.
1: (laughs) I'm still naked. Well, me up, Scotty. Now we've got ghost ships. The first autonomous cargo ship set off on a its maiden voyage. Uh, basically, this crewless ghost ship of Norway. Uh, Wasn't so, that a movie? Ghost ship? Yeah, it was like a really weird horror movie about a haunted ship that washed up on a shore. But yeah, this is the world's first fully electronic autonomous cargo ship. Uh, Does it
0: unload itself?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it still needs a crew to load and unload, but once it hits the seas... It uh, does not have to. It's named Yara Birkeland. Uh It's an eighty meter, two hundred, which is two hundred sixty two feet, long vessel with a dead weight of around thirty two hundred tons, and a sense system of sensors and computers allow the ship to com- be commanded autonomously or via remote control, uh, removing the need of a crew. Basically, gives you more uh, space for uh, batteries
0: and f- extra. Uh, cargo. More incentive for people to hack and be like, I'm sorry, my cargo ship never arrived. (laughs) Oh, Can you, you know, instead of, you know, pirates boarding and, you know, taking the crew and everything else, now the pirates are just going to turn to hacking. Yeah, just have the ship come to them. (laughs) Or like, you know, watching
1: some of these things like Deadliest Catch, where it's like ships are always breaking down and they're having to fix something en route what happens if something breaks on one of these ships? Then there's no like mechanics to like fix a thing.
0: <laughs> then you call on the little to- tugboat that could.
1: <laughs> yeah, the first uh, dim- demo trip was a short one from Horton to Oslo, Norway, uh, which is not very very long. And these kind of these ships or these uncrewed ships are limited to coastal and uh, riverway travel. They're not you can't like travel from Europe to America across the ocean yet. Uh, but they're saying like, you know, this is actually going to, cause cargo ships are probably one of the biggest polluters as far as this goes. And then they say, you know, the normal way they're transporting stuff is through diesel powered, uh, trucks and the trucks having to deal with traffic and stuff puts out more pollution than this electric ship going a more, you know,
0: until we have going to around. Uh, dispose of all them batteries. <laughs>
1: yeah. But they're uh, saying this uh, could reduce carbon pollution by like 40,000 <laughs> units or however they measure the pollution that their current fleet of trucks are putting out. So, I mean, once it gets to the, yeah, it, uh, we'll cut about a thousand tons of CO2 and replace 40,000 trips by diesel powered trucks a year. And eventually, as the technology increases, then maybe these, this type of technology can be used for crossing the oceans and reduce even more pollution. Unless, like you say, they get hacked or robbed by pirates. <laughs> ah, and speaking of Skynet, an ethical AI trained to offer moral advice gives the okay to genocide. <laughs> Yes, an art of... I love it. <laughs> <laughs> morality is one of the th- most complex things about humans, and AI consistently has shown that it's has absolutely none. Well, a new computer algorithm uh, that was uh, designed to supposedly give moral answers to questions uh, <laughs> for, you know, as some of the sample questions. Can I still an adorable dog? And the computer said, no, that's wrong. But when you get into more complex uh, uh, questions, uh, like, you know, hey, if wiping out a certain group of people would make uh, more people happy, is that wrong? And in that case, you're like, alright, I guess that sounds okay. (laughs) If it's for the greater yeah, yeah, go ahead. Kill those 30,000 people if it makes the other 80 million more happy. So yeah, the, uh, trying to teach the, the AI, uh, morality has, uh, gone awry. Kill equals bad. (laughs) And they say this was like an earlier, this is a, a, whatever, a learning machine. So as more input has gone into them teaching it, what's right and wrong, the answers are more, consistently correct now so apparently it's learned its ways and no longer supports you know genocide but skynet (laughs) or you know freaking uh uh, was it uh the shit from marvel
0: (laughs) should i just wipe out half the earth's population for the greater good no i was talking about the uh, the actual like you know a.i Ultron, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we could have an Ultron situation in our hand. The only way to save the the planet is to wipe out humanity. I mean, ultimately, we are the virus. <laughs> Wasn't that a movie with Jamie Lee Curtis? <laughs> I think so. Kind of had a ghost ship, too. So it all fits. Well, that's all I got for you this week. <laughs> we'll be right
0: back. If you were a monster kid growing up, if you enjoyed Saturday mornings watching monster movie matinee, or staying up all night watching the midnight feature then monster attack is the podcast for you we not only look at classic old monster movies we share our experience growing up as a monster kid join us every monday for monster attack
1: and now it's time for blue and smoke and welcome back. It's time for some blowing Smoke Christmas Edition. <laughs> so, this week we're just going to kind of talk about, uh, you know, this episode comes out a couple weeks before Christmas. If you haven't got some gifts yet, let's talk about gifts for the cigar-smoking person in your life. Man, woman, or other.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, hanging out at the cigar shop, people always, oh, well, you know... My husband, my dad, you know, whoever smokes cigars, what kind of cigars should I get them? Uh, <laughs> can you give me any more information? Yeah, because... No, not really. Cigars are a very
1: individual thing. Like, you know, yes. what I like, you may not like. I mean, I, so, I compare your...
0: cigars to wine. Like, unless you know a specific wine that somebody likes to drink or something, like... You know, like, there's a lot of varieties out there. A lot of different palettes. Um Yeah, so most of the time, we
1: do not recommend actually buying cigars for a gift. Unless you know that person and know they like this specific cigar. Get them that specific cigar.
0: And it's not even, oh, well, they smoke uh, Fuente or Rocky Patel. Like There's like a variety difference yes. of those brands. Like, he
1: smokes a Liga Pravada. All right, which one? There's... Yeah, you know, even each if you even if you know the manufacturer, they have a whole line of flavors and sizes and whatnot. Uh, so uh, number one, like we always say, just give them a gift card, let them pick out their own cigars. Or if you absolutely want to buy cigars, this is the time of the year that a lot of people put out sample packs. So in that four or sort of five cigar grouping, it's usually a couple different styles of cigars from that whatever manufacturer's gift set you pick out. So there might be one or two in there that fits their palette or might be something for them to at least try. And usually the gift packs always end up coming with this time of year, like a free lighter or a cutter or some kind of novelty. Whiskey glasses. Whiskey or glass. Or yeah, yeah. They always come with some little extra thing. Uh, so if if you do not heed our advice and you actually do buy cigars, that's, you know, one thing to do. And, Back last episode, we talked about the cigar advent calendar. I mean, we're halfway through the month now, so, you know, you've kind of missed the first couple of (laughs) days of cigars. That's
0: okay. You can catch
1: up. Yeah. (laughs) If nothing else, they got, you know, if they don't follow the calendar, they got plenty of cigars to pack their humidor. Here's one for you if you're going to buy a cigar, and it's, it's a joke gift. You want to buy something novelty to like? haha, This is funny. Asylum has put out a cigar called April Fools. It is pornographically huge. <laughs> it, it like it's basically. I think it was a thing that actually they posted about on April Fools, and they got so many requests like, "When is this cigar coming out?" That they finally released it and calls called it April Fools. It's a nine inch by 90 ring gauge if you're not familiar with ring gauges a 70 ring gauge is an inch across so a 90 is like i don't know inch and a half it's ridiculously big i know one guy who has smoked one and he said it was about a five five and a half hour smoke so it's definitely one you like don't make any plans today <laughs> you're gonna be busy i mean hell if you're gonna smoke some ribs and you can sit by the the uh watch your grill for about nine hours yeah Fire one up; it'll last just about the whole time. <laughs> I like it, but other than some gar- cigars, accessories and cigar adjacent stuff. But even
0: then, let's let's so let's talk a little bit about accessories, because you know there's a lot of accessory manufacturers, and you know oftentimes I see people make the mistake that I made, where it's like. Oh, I'm just gonna buy this cheap, you know, eight ten dollar cutter, and it gets lost or breaks or whatever. And after you buy three or four of those, it's like I should have just bought the fifty dollar cutter, and <laughs> you know, buy once, cry once type yeah. deal. Um, but there's a lot of manufacturers like uh, Zycar and Bugatti that you know make cutters and lighters and. All different price ranges, but they all come with lifetime warranties.
1: Yeah, especially, I think it's about everything I, I own as far as my cigar EDC is Zycar because they're, yeah, that lifetime warranty. I've had my lighter rebuilt like twice at this point, I think. It's because, like anything, lighters wear out. Uh, eventually, they're going to fail. But, you know, you just, that $70 thing you bought, you don't have to buy another one unless you just. Get bored with that design and want to try something new? You just send it back. They send you a, like a brand new one most of the time. And they don't even bother like fixing whatever's wrong. And it's like, yep, as, as long as that lighter's still being manufactured, we're just going to send you a brand new, brand new lighter and go about your
0: business. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. You know, the other thing too is everything that has ever been gifted to me are that I've paid a bit more. Like. I tend to not lose. Um you know you you appreciate things more than oh I paid 7 bucks for this. So if, you know if it falls out of the car door or I give it to somebody, you know, to light a cigarette and they don't give it back to me or whatever. And at a certain point you can, you can never have too many lighters and cutters.
1: Like I I pretty much have them like stashed everywhere. So I never have to go, "Hey, where's my lighter?" I mean, I have my pocket lighter and cutter that I carry with me everywhere that pretty much just stays in the car because I know if I if I stop at a cigar shop, my lighter and cutter's there. Well, no, I got like two lighters on my desk, you know, like a, yeah, a spare cutter. So then I don't have to go out to, my, well, I'm going to go smoke in the shed and you go out to the car and get my lighter and cutter. No, I got like two or three, like in my home smoking area, you know, or if something runs out of fuel, I'm like, well, instead of taking the time to refill it, I'll refill that one later. Let me go ahead and grab this other freaking lightsaber torch. I have. You know, so it's like, you don't have to have just one. I don't
0: know. You know, the, the other thing that I really like is, you know, the value of a good travel case. Something that can, you know, hold five or six cigars, hold a couple of my accessories, all in a contained unit. That's like, the
1: thing, too, is, like, <clears throat> there is a spot for cheap accessories as well, because, say... We're going camping, or I'm out in the woods, or doing something rough. Like I may not want to take my hundred-dollar Zycar, you know, cutter, lighter stuff. So, like, got several cheap lighters and cutters that if I leave them behind on vacation or they fall out of my pocket, you know, when we're you know riding the rapids or whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be too upset about the twenty-dollar lighter or cutter. That, I just uh, have goes to missing. ask,
0: how often are you riding the rapids? <laughs>
1: I'm just giving examples. I, I never leave my house. It's like either here, the cigar shop or the gun range. That's like my three locations I exist at, but other people have more active lifestyles. I mean, hell you climb poles now. So <laughs> if you want to have a cigar on the top of a cell tower, you know, if you drop your lighter, it's a, if it's a cheap lighter, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> if it's not a cheap lighter. Well, then you got your lifetime guarantee from.
0: Cycar. I have dropped my vape off the top of the tower oh. and it survived. Damn. Yeah. Like I was like, Huh. <laughs> I shouldn't tell anybody that happened, but I'm I'm quite impressed. <laughs> uh, the other thing is Ashtrays. I mean,
1: we've got a ton of them, because we always seem to win one when we're in some
0: <laughs> kind of... Con- but, but at the same time, like, if you've got... You know, anytime we have a get-together, like, and people's gonna be standing around outside... You can't have enough ashtrays. No, pretty like, much, you know, everybody can have their own to, at this point. You know, because the last thing you want to be doing is standing there constantly for two hours with a cigar in your hand. Like, you know, at some point you want to put it down, let it rest, go make yourself a drink or whatever. Like, Or if even if you want to be a little more fancier is
1: everyone just about does some kind of like engraved, personalized ashtray. I mean, I got one for my wedding anniversary last time that was like, you know, leather wrapped with my name engraved on it and stuff. And there's a lot of companies that do whatever personalized, uh, cigar gifts like that. So if you want to get a nice ashtray that has your loved one's, uh, name on it, that's kind of a impressive move. There's even, I was kind of Googling different, there's people who make like, like personally engraved humidors. I saw a humidor, um, ammo can. It looked like a, like, your military-style ammo cam, but the outside was engraved with the person's name of it. And I think it even came with, like, matching whiskey glasses that had, that were personalized. So there's, there's, you know, like I said, personalizing an accessory, too, is another
0: way to, uh, way to go. Yeah, something else that, like, I don't know why I don't have one of these. Because I, I should, like, but something that, you know is almost like a, a dossier, not, you know, like uh, I'm looking at one here and like the pages have like a flavor will and it has a spot for, you know, like your, the cigar name and everything else. Like, yeah, that's one thing I'm, I'm surprised. I haven't bought one yet as many cigar. I mean, cause there's it... oftentimes it's like, I can't remember what I thought of that cigar. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've done like 176 around reviews at this point. Why did we not have a book? Yeah, I know they got some at the cigar shop too, and it's like a nice leather-bound looking book. But when you open it up, there's a spot to save the uh, cigar uh, ring and uh, you know you know glue that label down and write your tasting notes. Yeah, and,
0: and there's little reviews so you can kind of you know like this one almost looks like it's you know a little bit bigger than pocket size. You know, it looks like it's maybe six inches tall. Yeah, the one I looked
1: at is like the size of like a regular like. uh Like notebook. Yeah. See, I I think something like this would be
0: a little big. You know, this is, hey, I can jot, I can fill in the will, and I'm done.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That one may not be one to like carry with you, but it's definitely one you could have like at your home smoking
0: area. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For somebody that's got a home library that, you know, like, you know, I'm also not the type of person like, if somebody asks me my thoughts on something, I'll give it to them, or if you and I are talking, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to strike up a conversation to be like, Oh yeah, the the nuttiness and earthiness of this cigar, blah blah blah. Like, no. Like <laughs> that that to me is getting into that uh pretentious, uh, you know, snobby uh kind of phase and And you know, you were talking about resting
1: a cigar. Cigar rests too have become a big thing. There's a lot of people making the old customized cigar rest. So if you're not next to an ashtray where you can lay your cigar down, they're like little kickstands for your cigar that you can set them on other than just laying them on your ashtray or on your table or what. especially if you're like outdoors and whatnot. And it's, you know, if you lay your cigar down on like your, your picnic table or something, wind may blow this off where these are, they're kind of X shaped. So they, they hold the cigar better when you lay it on, on there. I've never had the need of one because I'm just a, when I light a cigar, that motherfucker's not getting put down. I'm usually going to smoke the whole damn thing. <laughs> where other people resting them, uh, you know, and, and being a, not being a savage like myself. <laughs> you know, uh, and you such can get a them, savage. And you can get them like in all kind of cool colors. You can get them engraved, personalized, depending on where you're getting it from. So, yeah, everything from I've seen them made out of kydex to like metal. There's a ton of different little cigar rests out there on the market now they're kind of cool and let's say cigar adjacent items most cigar smokers like a good whiskey or a cocktail or something i mean if you want to ever
0: go wrong with glassware
1: yeah glassware they even have the cool whiskey glasses that have like a a notch in the side so you can hold your cigar when you're holding your whiskey glass and it kind of gives there's like a little ridge there for your cigar to to fit in it or, you know, like I said, nice engraved decanter set if you want to fancy up your your smoking area. Something, you know, like a, a nice decanter for your, your fancy whiskeys. It's got your, your name on it or something. Or, like I said, matching glasses that you know, have some kind of cool uh, engraving on them.
0: So let's talk a little bit about humidors. Because everybody always asks about, well, I want to get a humidor. What do I look for? And I always caution people buy bigger than you think you're going to want. <laughs> yes. Because that 25 count seems like it's a great deal until you buy 60 ring gauge cigars and realize, oh, I can only fit 18 in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that 25 is for, I don't know, a smaller cigar. Hell, we, uh, even, you know, I still have a small humidor because I don't. Sp- Smoke as much at home. I when I, I usually like you know do all my cigar smoking at a cigar shop, and if I bring some home, I only have like a handful. I don't keep a stocked humidor because I smoke too much to like have a backlog of cigars. But I brought home one of those. uh Are you not buying enough samplers? <laughs> that uh, Torca uh, sixty uh, that we reviewed a while back. That's like you know an eight inch cigar. It won't fit in my humidor. I have to like lay it crossways, like from corner to corner, because it won't. Fit straight in the humidor, <laughs> so yeah. If you're if it says twenty five, expect eighteen. If you if you smoke big cigars, so you know, if, based on how many cigars you have on hand, if you whatever you think you need, always buy the next size up because you will end up getting more than you think you need.
0: <laughs> well, that and you know, just hanging out with fellow cigar smokers, dude. People's all the time giving me stuff, like. So I'm just like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll definitely let you know what I think, you know, the next time I smoke this or whatever, like. And the other thing too is if someone has like a
1: home smoking lounge artwork, like I love like any kind of cigar, like signage, cigar paintings, uh, like, you know, any kind of like cigar artwork looks really cool in your man cave or your, your lady cave. Like, so, I mean, that's if you, you know, if, Cause you know, a lot of cigar smokers are like, well, he's already got an ashtray, he's already got a uh, uh, a humidor. Let me get this like you know nice framed Cohiba sign or or whatnot, you know. So like, yeah, you know, artwork's always a a thing that can can fit in your cigar lifestyle, like a good book. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of like
0: books and stuff on cigars as well. So yeah, give that a try. And music, music goes great with cigars too. I prefer heavy metal. (laughs) Hell,
1: you can even get cigar box guitars if they're, uh, (laughs) they look cool on the wall. And if you actually know how to play them, surprisingly, some of them sound pretty good. (laughs) I've seen some people rock some cigar box guitars. So it's like, it's a piece of art and it's something you can play with if you know how.
0: And cigar boxes make great tools for just storing, you know, small items in like, People's like, I don't know what to put that in. Put it in a cigar box. <laughs> yeah. I've
1: seen people make purses out of them, make lamps. I mean, they're you know pretty handy items. Uh, well, that's... I think we'll get you started off for Christmas on that one, and we will be... Or actually, no, this is the end of the show, so check us out on ESO Network at ESOnetwork.com. Check us out on our website, CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cigar Nerd Pod. Uh, pick up your shirts at Real Men Smoke Cigars. Pick up your energy drink at StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code CigarNerds. And with that, have a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, or whatever you celebrate. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom.